Good afternoon, August 11th, Meltdown Show, rocking and rolling, Meltdown Sports, college football is literally 14 days away, two weeks, two hours, probably 10 minutes, if you're not excited for college football, you don't have a pulse, it's been too long, I know we watch it and the season seems to go on forever and then it's gone for all these months, we gotta sit through the doldrums of off-season workouts and spring ball and re recruiting process and we are almost back. Today's show, I basically want to go over the My Top 25 preseason coming out. I know everybody has their own little spin on this. I think My Top 25 is pretty solid. I'm going to go through by conference who has the most teams in the Top 25 and I'll cover the top games of the first week of the season I think are going to be out of the gate. A little bit about me first of all. Uh, this is just a passion of mine. Uh, it's not a full-time job for me. I do it uh, as a fun thing. I also uh, am a, um, a high school official, so I do sports on both sides. Not only do I watch it as a fan, but I also get out there in the in the down and dirty and uh, officiate actually high school uh, boys basketball and uh, baseball. So I really, really enjoy that. It's a big, big passion of mine. My location, my name is Tommy Melton. I'll be heading up the Meltdown Show. I, uh, I live down here in Southwest Florida, the Fort Myers area. Um, any comments or suggestions or messages? Like I said, I'm very kind of new to this, so any kind of uh, support, knowledge, criticisms, I'll be more than happy to take it. Just shoot me a message on here, and I'll be more than happy to cut back at you as soon as I can. Also, if you guys have been living under a rock and or you're not you or you're new to Anchor like I am, or you don't know this, you can now uh, give what is known as listener support. So I always encourage you to do that if you find a good podcast that you like, if not mine or some others. I mean, give throw, throw some support to the guys who are working hard to build a good podcast. I plan on building this very, very well. I'm also also have a Twitter page that's going to be connected to this podcast called The Meltdown Show on Twitter. So you can pick it up there and kind of watch and see how. Um, and just kind of see how the uh, how the transition will go. I'm actually very excited. I've, I like I said this. I've had about three or four practice podcasts that I, I wasn't really a big fan of. So I am working at my craft here to kind of make sure this thing uh, sounds as good as possible. I will be having hosts all the time, so you won't have to listen to my you know voice just by myself all the time. I would try to bring in some people here and there, uh, friends who I, I've known forever who are also big sports fans. Uh, probably not a lot of pros or anything yet until we get this thing built up, but I would love to eventually start talking to people who actually, uh, you know, are more in-depth in the industry and work on from there. But right now, college football, two weeks away. I am so excited. Top 25, let's jump into it. This is my preseason top 25, and we're going to start off with number one. Number one out of the gate, preseason top 25. Some of this has to do with, you know, legacy. Some of this has to do with just sheer fact. My number one team in the country, preseason top 25, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Reason being, well, they've been the national champion like almost every year for like the last eight or less decade. So that's another reason. They had a really good recruiting class. They're returning. Uh, they did lose Calvin Ridley and some other players off the ball. But, you know, they just kind of reload. The system is set in place. Save it actually has that it working as a machine. So it's, it's essentially next man up. And until you beat Alabama, in my case, moving forward till Saban decides to retire or, you know, goes back to the NFL or whatever he's going to do, Alabama, the number one team in the country, preseason, top 25. Number two, should be no shocker, who has Alabama played the last three years in the playoff? 
That's right, the Clemson Tigers. They're number two. Kelly Bryant coming back. Hopefully he's gotten over the concussion issues and the injury plague they had. Clemson is loaded with skill player talent and defensive line talent. I think Clemson is going to be the class of the ACC, and it probably shouldn't be close. I think Miami will probably be will probably be their biggest competitor with Florida State kind of coming in. I know a lot of people are very high on Florida State. I'm not a big uh, Willie Taggart fan. But I think uh, him being back in the home state of Florida, he could probably hopefully help get Florida State back on the winning page. But as far as number two, Clemson, ACC champs, if you ask me, right now in the preseason. And I think I don't even really think it's going to be that close. Number three, kind of a shocker, but if you do the math and you see what they have and how they've kind of built up over the last few years, my number three team in the preseason this year is the Washington Huskies. Chris Peterson's led this team over the last few years since his uh, since coming over from Boise State. I think they finally have an experienced veteran quarterback. Good offensive, good defensive, some skilled players, good little running back. I think in the Pac-10, Pac-12, pardon me, also if you think about it, USC lost a quarterback and, and some skilled players, a lot of skilled players. Uh, UCLA wasn't really that good of a team last year, but also they lost Rosen and some other skilled players. So I think both those teams are going to be on the real be on the rebuild. Whereas teams that were you know getting beat by USC and UCLA last year, Oregon and some other teams, Oregon, Utah, and Stanford's of the world are now actually going to be probably be the class of this of this uh, of this uh, a league. So, Washington, number three in the polls. I know it seems kind of high. I have high hopes for Washington. I think they can possibly win out, probably go undefeated, and will definitely probably be in the playoff. However, it's college football. We never know. Preseason, that's where they're at. They're my number three team. Moving on, number four, and this team could probably be high, could be number three, but due to some injuries to Jake Fromm, I'm going to have my number four team in the country preseason, the Georgia Bulldogs. Reason being, did you not see their recruiting class? Holy cow. If you were a five-star athlete coming out of high school into college last year and you could pass the entrance exam, you're a Georgia. My God, would they have 400 uh, five-star players? They, they recruited every five-star player on the planet, and they got a majority of them. They have an incredibly good recruiting class. They did lose Chubb and Sonny Michelle to the NFL. I don't think it really hurts. They had that spectacular freshman last year. Jake Fromm played out of his mind last year. Oh, and here's the best part. Jake Fromm broke his arm. So he's coming back from a broken arm injury. Don't worry. The guy from last year who's the number one player in the country is his backup. So there's so much talent at Georgia, it's ridiculous. It's it's going to be swollen. They're probably going to be the class of the East. Uh, by the way, spoiler alert, Georgia versus Alabama, my pick, SEC championship game. Yeah, I'll tell you on August 11th who I think is going to be SEC championship game. Unless, you know, tragedy strikes either one of these teams or, or they just get beat out of the blue, something wildly upset. I think Georgia's going to be the class of the East. Alabama, the class of the West. Mark it now. That's your SEC title game. Georgia, my number four team. Number five, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Reason being, they're talented. They're a good team. They're probably going to be the best team in the Big Ten. Wait. Who's going to coach them? You've been living under a rock. Urban Meyer is on uh, paid administrative leave because apparently he let his buddy beat up his wife for about, I don't know, five or six years and never said anything. Oh, that's right. He didn't know. By the way, I was looking on the, on the internet last night and watching some some television. Watch a scroll at the bottom. Apparently, this went on at Florida too. So, 
remember when Urban had to leave Florida for all the health reasons, the, the heart palpitations and stuff? Was it because of this coach? Sure. Bring him with you to the next place. What's the worst thing that could happen? I don't think Urban's going to survive this. I think he's probably going to be out at Ohio State. They have named a, a successor, a coach on staff there to take over. I don't know if he can keep them together. Urban is a good football coach. I don't think he's that good of a human being. I think he supports winning over everything else, and he's kind of let his program slide the last few places he's been. I don't think he's the same coach that was at Utah and Bowling Green, where he was actually striving to actually have a really good program. I think now he's so concerned about winning that he'll do anything to win, even if it means turning a, turning an eye to a woman getting beaten up. But back to football. Ohio State loaded with talent. Good defense. They are breaking in a new quarterback. Big Ten's going to be kind of up and down. I think there's a lot of a lot of really good teams, and I think there's going to be a lot of really bad teams. So I think Ohio State, with with their pedigree and talent, I think they're going to be very, very there at the end and probably in the Big Ten championship game. Number six out of the gate, and this is going to make a lot of the a lot of the Golden Domer buddies of mine that I have up there in uh, the South Bend area. Notre Dame, number six. Reason being, they're bringing pretty much everybody back with the exception of a few wide outs. I think overall the recruiting class was pretty good. Brian Kelly's a decent coach. I don't think their schedule is incredibly that hard coming out of the gate. They do have a very, very interesting game week one. We'll talk about that in a little bit. However, I think Notre Dame is probably going to be in that mid-range at the end of the year between, you know, I think they're a top ten team. You know, they did lose a couple big pieces on their offensive line. They did lose a couple defensive players. So I think you know they're going to be refilling those positions up. But I think with the schedule they play, the schedule will be good enough to possibly, possibly make them a fringe playoff team as we get closer to the end of the season. Number seven, Oklahoma. What do we got to do? Baker Mayfield is gone. We don't have a quarterback with that speed or that athleticism. Oh, oh we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Kyler Murray coming right in. Uh, if you don't know about this kid, he's an explosive athlete. He's at Texas A&M, where most quarterbacks start their career now and then leave after a season. Coming in from Texas A&M, he was on the team last year. You probably saw him. He ran a couple wildcat plays, threw a couple touchdown passes. Extremely good athlete. When I say extremely good athlete, I want you to realize he was also drafted eighth overall by the Oakland Athletics in the, this last uh, MLB draft. So just kind of let you know he's a well-rounded athlete. I think he's going to really help Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to be hard to sack. He's going to be hard to bring down. He's got a pretty decent arm. So I think he's going to kind of, you know, open up that offense a little bit for him, let him, you know, move around. I don't think he's a um, a pocket guy. He's not the uh, Josh Allen or Carson Wentz. He dropped back 6'5", sit there and look around. I think he's more of a rollout guy, kind of like what Baker was. So I don't think they're losing much of the quarterback spot. They do have some skilled players on the outside, and as it's Oklahoma, they always have really big offensive and defensive lines, and they always have great running backs. Oklahoma, probably the class of the Big 12, number seven preseason overall. Number eight, here we go. And we're going to run here of Big Ten teams because I think the Big Ten, Big Ten, you know, with the exception of Ohio State and all their turmoils, there's some good teams you should probably watch and may see them later on in the year. Number eight, here it is, the Wisconsin Badgers. Why? It's Wisconsin. What do they do? They tackle well. They play a pretty decent brand of offense, which is centered around the run. So they'll run it, run it, run it. You know, they are the traditional when you used to refer to the Big Ten as three yards in a cloud of dust. That's Wisconsin. That's what they are. That is their that's their operating uh, objective. That's how they play football, and they're going to be really good at it. And they have a running back 
there right now who I think could pull off what Ron Dane has done and some other really good running backs at Wisconsin. I think he's going to be a really I think he's going to be a Heisman hopeful. That's Jonathan Taylor. If you haven't heard this heard of this kid yet, he is a load. He's a small, compact bowling ball type runner. A lot of speed, a lot of power. Kind of like Saquon Barkley. I don't know if he has the overall receiving skills that Barkley had out of the backfield, but I think he's going to be a very, 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 very good player for Wisconsin. Wisconsin, you got to watch them every year. They're always, they seem to be always in that top 10, top 12 preseason. I have them at number eight. I think they could climb up. I think they, they have, I definitely have a shot with the turmoil in, at Ohio State to win the Big Ten. That's the kind of talent that they have. And I think, I think the Big Ten is going to probably be one of the more interesting conferences as we move forward. Number nine, my preseason poll. Here it is. Another Big Ten team. Penn State. Chase McSorley brings this team back. They do not have Saquon Barkley now. They, they've refilled that position with a young kid coming in. They also have still the same skill players, still pretty good defense. I don't know how overall they're going to be. I know um, with Franklin there as the head coach, they, he usually keen to get his team fired up. I think their, their schedule early is going to be kind of kind to them so they can kind of work in these newer players. McSorley is a veteran quarterback. He doesn't throw a lot of picks. He's very good with the ball. And I think overall he's going to really help guide this team until they get into their tougher schedules, uh, the Michigans and so on down the road. So I think that's definitely a team to watch. Definitely a top 10 team preseason, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Number 10, and <laughs> number 10 is interesting for many reasons. It's the Texas Longhorns. And here's why it's interesting. If Urban Meyer doesn't survive at Ohio State, and you know who I think the next coach at Ohio State is? Uh, spoiler alert. That's right. Tom Herman at Texas. I think he goes to Ohio State immediately. Now, people say, why would he leave Texas and all that money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I think it's easier at Ohio State. You get the recruiting prowess of all these all these you know, nationwide recruiting, but you don't have to deal with all the drama that surrounds the Texas Longhorns, all those boosters and all that money. I think you know being a coach at Texas is probably one of the hardest places to coach. Why they have the biggest budgets in the world? Sure, that's true, but they also have to deal with all this other stuff. And I think Tom Herman will be very successful at Texas. I think he's done a really good job with recruiting and, and, and growing that team over the last few years, a couple years that he's been there. But I think if he gets the opportunity to go to Ohio State, I think he's out the door. But back to the Texas Longhorns, Big 12. You know, Big 12 doesn't has really got a lot of love. I gave a little Oklahoma at 7. I think they're going to be probably the classic. So basically what it may come down to in the Big 12 is probably a three-team race. But this also makes the Red, Rival, Red River rivalry a little bit more interesting this year because it could decide the conference. Oklahoma versus Texas. If you don't ever watch it, it's one of those traditional games. It comes on. I live on the East Coast. Like I said, I live down here in Southwest Florida. I live on the East Coast. I think they game tips at like 11 a.m. you got to watch this game. It's a traditional game. I know there's been some moving around, realignment of conferences and stuff. I think it kind of takes away from some older rivalries. I think those traditional rivalries should always stay together. This is definitely one. My number 10 pick, preseason, the Texas Longhorns. Number 11, back out to the West Coast, back out to the Pac-12. And reason number one reason why, experience, 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 the Stanford Cardinal. Last year, they were up and down last year, lost some close games, won some tight games, really good coach out there. They also are returning Bryce Love, who basically was a 
dynamic football player for the Cardinal last year. I think it's one of those things where if he could get steady, get going, and get rolling, I think the Stanford Cardinal will probably be there at the end. I could probably see Stanford and Washington playing for the Pac-12 title this year. I think those two teams are going to be very closely matched with the fall off of USC and UCLA. Um, there are some other teams you know, lurking in the Big 12, but I think these two are probably going to be the class of the conference moving forward. Moving forward, excuse me. Number 12, how about this? Some more ACC love. I mentioned Clemson is my number two pick. Well, let's drop down to number 12. Ten picks later, the Miami Hurricanes. Reza Beam, returning quarterback, good, decent recruiting class, good defensive players. I think they're going to be uh, in a very um, – I think the ACC is going to take a step back this year a little bit, uh, with the exception of the top teams. I think Miami really uh, overplayed its hand last year. They're really, really dynamic to the end of the year, and they kind of fell apart. So hopefully Mark Rick can can right the ship there a little bit, replace some of the players that he lost, and really uh, kind of get Miami going. I think they do have talent. I think they do have some really good talent that came in. I think Mark Rick's got to find a better way on offense to use that talent. And I think if he does, I think Miami can make, make some noise in the ACC. And they could possibly make their way and, you know, meet Clemson down the road. Number 13, another Big Ten team. Like I said, Big Ten team, get a lot of love. Michigan State. Michigan State's been down for a few years. Mark D'Antoni's running. I think he's done a pretty decent job of trying to right the ship since they've lost a lot of their players to the NFL. He's kind of righted the ship. And I think this year he's kind of got to go. I think he's going to have probably the best defense the best defense in the Big Ten, so that will help him. I don't know how the the offense has to come along, but I think with what he been doing in the last few years and how they've kind of turned the corner a little bit on offense, I think uh, if it all comes together, I think Michigan State can have a pretty special year. And I think playing football in the Big Ten this year is going to be difficult. <laughs> because a lot of these teams that have been down the last few years are starting to take that step forward. And when, as they take that step forward, you really got to start seeing some of the... Uh, some of the progress. Number 13 for me, the Michigan State Spartans. Number 14, rolling right along, the TCU Horn Frogs of the Big 12. Reason being, they were probably both the best defense in the in the nation in the uh, in the Big 12. Also, they do have a, a seasoned quarterback who's back for another year. They do have decent wideouts. If TCU can get back to that explosive offense and plus now playing stellar defense, they can make a lot of noise. This 14th pick is just a, a basic pick because you don't really know how TCU is going to be. They've been kind of up and down the last few years, so I think it's something that if they could right the ship too. There's a lot of teams like this here in the middle. If they could, if they could put it together, I think they could be having a really, really special year. But number 14 for me, the TCU Horn Frogs. Number 15, looky there, another Big Ten team, the Michigan Wolverines. And a major reason why I put them there is Michigan's defense kind of was, you know, kind of had holes in it last year, but kind of tightened up, kind of got a little bit better. Their offense was terrible last year because they couldn't pick a quarterback. They couldn't find one to do anything. I mean, I think they were running what three or four quarterbacks in there, and and Harbaugh could not find a a guy that could get it done, which is really weird for a guy who is considered to be a quarterback whisperer. He just couldn't get it done. Well, that I think that problem's been solved because with Ole Miss transfer Shea Patterson coming in, gonna play, he will write that offense in, in Michigan State. This kid is a is a is an all-world player. And if you don't understand how good of a world all-world player he is, just consider this. He played for one of the best high schools in the country. He was the IMG player. You know, he's he's not shy to the big stage. He, when they finally turned him loose at Ole Miss, he was very successful. What are you doing? 
I'm filming this. I, I'm, I'm actually recording this in my car, and someone just tried to hit me because I don't know. He seems to be a real douchebag. But um, Shea Patterson in Michigan, I think, is going to really, really help their offense really shine this year. They do have some good talent on offense. I just think they don't have someone to, you know, kind of orchestrate the the overall uh, skill of their team. I think Shea Patterson steps in, helps out immediately. Michigan, number 15. Number 16, we've seen this team over the last decade or two. They kind of make their way into our hearts. And once they got a team that's pretty skilled and pretty veteran, they're usually pretty good. That team I'm talking about, that's right, the Boise State Broncos. Ah, the blue carpet is back, baby. Uh, Rippin Jr. coming back for another season with them. They're very, very experienced on offense and defense. I think overall they're going to be one of those teams. They will win their conference pretty much easily. But I think, you know, once we get into the polling late in the year, as long as they can avoid the crazy upset, you know, don't lose to Utah State, you know, they do have a tough game, I think, early on against Washington. That's one of those things where you kind of want to watch to see how that kind of plays out. That's a trap game for Washington. If Washington goes in there and doesn't play well and gets knocked off by Boise State, then all, that, all those glowing things I said about that experienced Husky, Husky team kind of goes away immediately. Boise State, number 16. Number 17, rolling right along the... The Auburn Tiger. Auburn Tigers, reason being, Jared Stedham back for another year. This will be a, after having a full year at Auburn, learning that up, up, up speed, pace, quick offense. I think he's going to be very much at home this year, very comfortable. They do have him as, an, as a contender for the Heisman as well, which is very interesting. Auburn always has really, really good talent, I think, I think they could be there at the end. Iron Bowl will be very, very interesting, depending on who Alabama puts at quarterback and if they can kind of get it going. A lot of, lot of question marks in college football this year, but I think they'll they'll all be decided during during the season, which is why we watch college football. You know, it gives you, you know, if you have a question, it usually will answer itself during that season. Number 18, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Nick Fitzgerald back. For his senior campaign, kid's a good quarterback. He's basically Tim Tebow, but he throws a little better. Uh, big kid, hard to bring down. Uh, Mullen did leave to go take the Gators job. God bless him. He's going to need all the miracles he could need down there in, in, in Gainesville. Um, Mississippi State, bringing back a preseason team. Have picked up a pretty good a couple of good defensive linemen. So I think Mississippi State could be uh, a dark horse in the West. You know, if the car, the stars line up and they play out of their mind, they've done that before in history. They've actually had teams that have knocked off, you know, the Floridas and the Alabamas of the world in the same year. So it's not unheard of in Starkville, but I think they're uh, definitely a team to watch. Definitely worthy of the 18th pick here in the preseason poll. Number 19. There we go. Utah, another Pac-12 team. Utah, Utah, Utah. Utah was one of those teams last year that kept losing big games. You know. Lost, lose a game here, lose a game there. Pretty close. And I think overall now, with Utah trying to move its way into, you know, into prominence, I think they could make make some noise in that Pac-12. So it's definitely a team to watch. Uh, pretty experienced team. You know, they've kind of built up for the last few years. So it's one of those times to shine. Uh, Utah's kind of like Boise State. They get these experienced teams and they go on these great runs and then, they take some a couple years to kind of refill their cupboards. That's how I feel about Utah. They're kind of back. They're kind of starting to be back to that veteran level. So they should play very, very well. Number 19, the Utah. What is Utah? Utes? Yeah, the Utes. Oh, I almost forgot what their name. Number 20. Ah, full, full disclosure, I am a Tennessee fan. 
So the next team out of my face is going to hurt. It's the Florida Gators. And it's the Florida Gators for one reason only. They have talent. They have a lot of talent. And now I think they have a head coach that could use that talent in a positive way. Could get Felipe Franks to not only use his arms, but to use his legs. I think I think, I think think Mullen's going to really help turn the Gators around if he can keep them not from getting suspended. We're getting closer to the football season, like I said, 14 days away. So probably in about four days we'll see about 25 players of um, – the Gators have been suspended because that's just their their it's just the way it is. There doesn't seem to be a lot of control there. Hopefully Mullen can put his foot down on that stuff. But you know the Gators. They'll eventually let you down. They've done it the last five or six years. Uh, a lot of a lot of tarnish has happened to them since their glory days of winning championships. So I think right now Mullen's gonna pretty much have to clean house. Pretty much gonna have to clean house to see if he can't get that ship righted. Like I said, a lot of talent there. Definitely worthy of a top twenty-five pick. But I think Florida's gonna be a uh, a disaster. Uh, number twenty was the Florida Gators. Number twenty-one, another Pac-12 team. This is the team I talked about earlier, the Oregon Ducks. That last year we just couldn't get it done. You know, Willie Taggart was the coach there. They have they have some skill, they have some speed, they have some talent, but they couldn't quite put it all together. I think now this year, new coaching staff, I think they may be able to kind of build on that just a little bit more. And I think Oregon could be a dark horse, dark dark horse, way dark horse in the Pac-12. But it's one of those teams on the rise. Number twenty-one, the Oregon Ducks. Number twenty-two. Remember the coach that used to be at Oregon? Well, he's now at Florida State. Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart down at FSU had a pretty good recruiting class. I think he's going to have a tough first year. I really do. I think most coaches, when they come, you know, come to a place what they would call their home team, the team they love the most, I think he's going to have a tough year. I really do. They do have some tough games right out of the gate. They do have a tough schedule. So I think it's one of those things where you just kind of, kind of go with them week by week. I think there'll be a good team. I could probably see them as a three or four loss team, or I can see them as a ten win team. You know, it's one of those things depending on how they play, how they make the transition. Um, if Francois is back 100% from the ACL, that will help them a lot. They do have Cam Aker at running back, who is a Heisman hopeful. So they do have talent, but they also have been a team in the last few years that could kind of let you down. Number 22, the Florida State Seminoles. Number 23, the Boston College Eagles. Yes, I said Boston College. Reason being, dynamic running back. A little bit seasoned team. They have a really good coach. They've recruited well. One of those things, I think it's one of these teams that probably the last few years you haven't heard much from them. They've been kind of, kind of out of the road. I think they could kind of make some noise. I definitely think they're a bowl team. I don't, I don't know if they'll be in the top 25 postseason poll, but I think as we move through this season, if you look at schedules and who they play where and the talent that they have, they're definitely worthy of the 23rd preseason pick. Number 24, well, you got to put them in the top 20, in the top 25. Why? They're the Iowa Hawkeyes. Ferret, Coach Ferret starts his 20th season in Iowa. 20. Longest tenured coach in college football. You know why? He just gets it done. He recruits well. He coaches well. He's one of those guys that doesn't really just recruit the, the bigger guys. He recruits players that he thinks he can mill into his system, and he does it flawlessly. They usually have a really good defense. They're bringing back Ricky Stanzi at quarterback, so they're kind of experienced on both sides of the ball. This is the team that if you're in the Big Ten, you have to watch out for. If Iowa pops up on your schedule, you're going to be in for a fight. That's just the way the Hawkeyes play football. I really enjoy watching them play. Usually they'll get the primetime game against either Ohio State or Penn State or something. Tune in. They never fail. They compete hard from kickoff to final whistle. Iowa Hawkeyes, number 24, 
Number 25, we're coming to the end of the preseason top 25, and this is a team, I've actually shared this with a couple friends of mine, they gave me some blowback, but here I'm going to drop it to you anyway. My preseason top 25, number 25, number 25 team in the country, ready? The Arkansas State Red Wolves. Reason being, you look at their schedule, they're playing in a very diluted Sunbelt Conference. They're easily going to be the class of the conference. They do open with Alabama, so there's their loss. But I could literally see them going 10-1 and or 11-1, and finishing out their season and being a definite bowl game. Even with them 11-1, I don't think they make the playoff. Even 11-1, they probably won't crack the top 10 due to their schedule, who they play, how they play. It's one of those things you really want to look forward to. I am actually pretty excited. They have a very, very good. They have a coach there. He's been there now for multiple years. Arkansas State used to be the one and dones for coaches, kind of like East Mississippi Community Colleges for talented players who cannot stay out of trouble. <laughs> if you if you have not seen uh, Last Chance, you you should really watch it. By the way, Arkansas State number twenty five. Here we go. Quick rundown of the top twenty five. If you look at these schools, here we go. SEC is going to get five teams in the top 25 preseason. ACC will have four teams. Big 12 will have four teams. Pac-12 has four teams. And the Big 10 has four teams. So we have four teams, a lot of, a lot of talent. Oh, by the way, Mountain West has two teams, and the Sun Belt got one. <laughs> so... You know, there's the rundown of the preseason top 25. If you're going to leave messages, please let me know what you think. Listener support is there. If you're in, if you're so inclined, please do that. I really enjoy it. I do want to run down some really quick some top games for week one. So here you go. Games for week one you probably want to watch. Traditional powerhouse game right out of the gate. I think they played the first college football game ever against each other. Notre Dame versus Michigan is back. It is. It deserves your attention. If you call yourself a college football fan, you got to watch it. It's going to be an epic game. These teams, I don't think, have played the last few years. Michigan versus Notre Dame, you got to watch that one. Another interesting game week one I want everybody to kind of focus on, Florida State versus Virginia Tech. I think this is a trap game for the Seminoles right out of the gate. Justin Fuente is bringing back pretty much everybody, whereas Taggart's new to the scene. He is getting Francois back, does have Cam Akers. I think that could be a very, very interesting football game for week one. Also, week one, LSU Tigers. Do they have a quarterback? Probably not. Uh, they haven't had a quarterback in about a decade, so I don't know if, how that's going to work out. So LSU versus the Miami Hurricanes. There you go. Pick a winner there. I think it's going to be a really good game. They're playing down in Texas, down at Jarrah's place. So that's definitely a game worth watching. Also, Alabama versus Louisville. I think Louisville's way down. I think Alabama's going to crush them, but you never know. Uh, Petrino can sometimes put an offense together. He's up speed, up pace, up tempo. Kind of irritates Nick Saban. He hates that stuff because, I don't know, I don't think he's, he can sub fast enough or, or what are the reasons he doesn't like it, or he just he's just a hateful person. So that's another game. And my pick, I mentioned earlier I'm a huge Tennessee fan. Tennessee versus West Virginia, first game of the year in Charlotte. I don't have high hopes for that game. I don't think the Vols have the experience. Uh, Will Greyer is probably the top pick for the Heisman coming out this year. So one of those things where you kind of want to hope for the best, but you know for the worst. Folks, thank you so much for listening. If you if you listen, don't forget that listener support now that it is implemented here on things. So hey, give that a click if you're so inclined. Support podcasters. We love doing this. I love doing this as a passion. Thank you so much for listening. Tommy's top 25. You heard him. Told you my games of the week, first week. We'll see you soon. Meltdown Show. This is Tommy signing off.